Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. G'day, welcome back to the Mark Boris Show, where I will be talking to uh, every week different small business owners, and uh, I want to know about their stories, their challenges, and most importantly, their successes, and also where I can help them out. This week, we've got two completely different health and fitness businesses with us. Our first guests are Kate Kendall and Ben Lucas from Flow Athletic. A fitness studio here in Paddington and Sydney, which by all accounts is doing brilliantly well. And coming up will be Troy Henson, who runs SES Taekwondo School in Melbourne. Okay, let's get straight into it. Kate and Ben started Flow Athletic in 2013. Kate was a yoga teacher and Ben a personal trainer, and they wanted to bring together their fitness philosophies. Um, I guess that's the dream of everybody in this industry. They run out of Paddington. In fact, I've seen the uh, store. I've driven past. I didn't realize. I sort of knew what Flow Athletic was, but um, I know exactly where it is now. And they've got around 20 staff, as I understand it, some full-time, rest casual trainers and teachers. And they also run events like spin classes, nightclubs, and nightclubs, and silent disco yoga sessions. Mm-hmm. How did you guys get this all together? I mean, how, tell me the story. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. So 2010, I was training for a ultra marathon, 100K run, and living in Bondi at the time, North Bondi, and the body was pulling up quite sore. So I decided to get into a bit of yoga. So I started yoga at the, the local yoga studio, Dharmashala there at Bondi. So I, I started doing yoga there. I was pretty hopeless at it. But uh, there was a teacher there named Kate, and uh, she used to pack him out. Like they used to have to put a, a class clothes sign on the door because they couldn't fit any more people in. And then I started getting into more yoga and I really felt that it helped my running and it really helped my, my head, uh, as well. And then I became friends with Kate and I, I, I owned three smaller gyms at the time and I sat down with them. We had a, had a, I was going to say coffee, but it wasn't coffee. It was a green juice. Uh, and I said, Probably coffee. <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, Kate, look, I've been doing some numbers and you're such an amazing teacher. I really think you need to go open your own studio. There's no point you're working for somewhere else you're just such a talent and the people are coming here for you you need to go and do it you know for yourself and then oh, she, were you actually talking about yourself well no i, I <laughs> that I, old I, horse called self-interest <laughs> in every race both I, yourselves I, I wasn't at the time because um then kate happened to go away on a a, a retreat kind of lululemon kind of really inspirational retreat in in Canada the next day and she came back two weeks later and said, yeah, I really, she came back fired up. I want to do this studio, but I'll only do it if you do it with me. 
And then I had to go away and think about it because I wasn't prepared for that. And then I came back and said, yeah, we'll do it, but only if there's a fitness element as well. So then the next six, 12 months, we worked together on a, a, a concept unique to the planet. So combining yoga and fitness, and we spent a lot of time overseas, LA, looking at different gym models. And, uh, and then we spent ages trying to find the right site, but then, uh, yeah, uh, March 18, 2013, Athletic was born. So someone explained to me what Athletic is. I mean, what's this unique concept? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, studios around and gyms around doing yoga and fitness. You can go to a gym and do yoga. But we felt that there was no one, especially coming from myself, having quite a traditional background with yoga. You know, Dharmashala was the original yoga studio in Bondi, and um, it's steeped in tradition and philosophy. And no one was really doing yoga and fitness um, and maintaining kind of the magic and the philosophy of yoga, which I still think is really usable in a contemporary in a contemporary way. And so we decided to do that. And we also wanted to do it in a way where people would come and they would feel comfortable and clean and there was a nice facility. You could go and use the bathrooms and hair dryers. So no one was really doing that really well here. So we borrowed a lot of ideas from places in LA, New York, um, even Canada when I was there checking those places out. And so I think that when Flow Athletic was born, it was definitely ahead of its time in terms of that sort of day spa feel with the yoga and fitness and, and just group group classes. So you can't come and do free weights. It's all about community. And, you know, that's something that we really wanted before Flow even opened when we'd sit and have our green juices and coffees. Um, we wanted, we were really inspired by, again, Lululemon and this whole idea of community. Um, so before the studio was open, we had a really clear idea of the kind of community challenges that we do and events that we want to do. Um, because we just wanted to bring people together. Can I break it down just a little bit though? Mm. Uh, just because you know we got a lot of listeners who, who are aspiring small business owners, and and could be and this 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 sort of breakdown applies to any business. Mm. So, um, one you when you say you went to America, LA, and New York, mm. you went on a research tour, right? So yeah. you did your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most importantly, so you got your re- did your research on product. Yeah, I mean, Kate so, and I still go a couple mm. of times a year. I love going. You're upgrading your research, but you did your research. Yeah. How long did it take to do that? Oh, it would have been at least six months, but it wasn't just the classes. I looked at the bathrooms, the towels, the the booking system, the membership cards, the boom, boom, boom. And I'd have pages and pages and pages of notes and comparing different facilities and what's their pricing model, what's their membership model. You know, what's their doormats like, you know, everything. And then we could help formulate what we felt was the best for us, seeing what the best out there are doing. Okay, that, that's very important because, mm-hmm. so you didn't only just go and do your research and you know, you go stay in a hotel in LA, stay in a hotel in New York or wherever, and then sort of trundle down yourself down to a gym or yoga studio and just sort of uh, experience what it was like. And you actually took notes. You wrote and you took notes on things like pricing. You took notes on things like product and services, what the facility is like, the total offering, mm. etc. And it's funny, you sh- and you brought stuff back with you. So I remember when I set up uh, the business of Wizard in um, 1998, um, I went over to America and there's a country, company over there called Countrywide, which is at the time was the largest wizard-style business in the world. And I actually went into their branches and I actually took all their brochures out as if I was going to be a customer there. I took them all out and I brought them all back to Australia and I sort of 
sort of semi-copied them um, mm, sure. in, a, in an Australian version of it. Um, and I find that to be the something works mm. and it's working well. You don't just walk in and say, oh, yeah, that, that, you've got a feel for it. you actually got to take notes, got to bring stuff, material stuff back with you. If you're going to do research, do it properly yeah. and then adapt it to your environment. I would like to know how you adapted it to the Australian environment because LA and New York are different to what we got here. What did you do that was different, unique? Look, yeah, I think the States is very different. Like in a spin class, they'll be standing on their chairs, mm. you know, waving their towels around and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, that's not, uh, Australians, mm. you know. We're, that's Anthony Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're, we're, we're a bit more, <laughs> bit more subdued in that, but, uh, how do we adapt it to Australia? I think the biggest challenge, the thing that kept me up at night was, do we go with a membership model is in the, the debit comes out fortnightly, bang, 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 or do we go as a paper class model? So all the big gyms over there, like your, your soul cycles, your Barry boot camp, your things like that, they go as a paper class, but we, we have group exercise, but what are we going to do? So we decided to go down the membership route and I'm pleased that I do because now I can predict my cash flow within 5%. Yeah. Every fortnight, instead of just crossing my fingers, hoping people that old hoary chestnut so, cash flow. Uh, yeah, it's an important important one. That's something about your business model that's different. But I'm more talking about, um, and there may not be anything different. But what did you do in terms of the product and services you offered to your Australian customers? Because what I'm trying to get to here is, um, it's one thing to do your research and work it all out um, and work out what the potential programs are. But what I'm trying to work out here, and I think all listeners need to understand, is what, how did you assess the demand here in Australia? In other words, you can't say to consumers, this is what you need. Yeah. Consumers are actually telling us what they want. And we've, and obviously you're doing that. You're giving them what they want because you're doing well. So what was it that Flow Athletic did that addressed the demand here in, in say, in Sydney? In the suburbs of Sydney, for that matter. Well, I think but before we opened, we really identified who our target mid target market is yep. so therefore we can, who are they so it's 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 females 26 to 40 right boom so that's and what are they and what want? do they want yeah yep so it's more tech savvy professional little bit of money that kind of that so they're busy but so we know what what they want so they want to look good they want to feel good they're time poor so then we have you know the the yoga offerings that are good for their head we've got the in their body. We've got the spin, which is good for cardio. We've got the strength offerings. We've got bars. So our, our product has evolved with customer feedback yeah. along the time. We're really good, but I think it really helped us by being able to kind of nail the offering by knowing who the offering was for. In the initial stages, do you think that um, there was anything you did wrong? Uh, because obviously uh, having a product or service that's is a process of perfecting as opposed to have actually having it perfect. And for those people who are out there trying to work out a product or service that they want to go into now, don't sit there and try and make it perfect because you never will. You evolve it as a perfection, a bit like yoga itself. <laughs> to, that, to that extent, you never really become perfect at it. You're just getting better at it. And sometimes you go backwards a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And you're always sort of trying to change change things, get a, get better at something. So what did you do? What was the one thing, maybe more than one thing, was there one thing you did right, wrong at the time? When you first opened, you go, oh, shit, that was a massive blue. We we need to pivot a little bit here, change our change our position here a little bit. 
When you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is is probably team. There were a couple of things with the team that we had to tweak and get really clear on our values as a business. And I think when we got clear on them, the team kind of, you know, some people dispersed. We had to say goodbye to some people. And then um, I feel like now we're, we're starting to hit the sweet spot where we're very clear on our values and so we attract um, the right people and people and retain you know, the right very, people. very important. It affects everything. It affects the membership. It affects the team. Um, so that's one thing that. We... So can we just stop there? Cause mm. you can't execute. You can have the world's best idea, the world's best opportunity in terms of demand. You can have the best platform ever, mm. but unless you're the right people, you won't execute. So in terms of executing, when you say team, I guess what you're talking about is, um, the relationship between everybody, but also leadership within the team, mm. the leadership within the business. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, uh, how that evolved? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we're, Kate and I are pretty fortunate. I've been a personal trainer for years. She's been a yoga teacher for years. So we had uh, a network of, you know, successful business people that we really looked up to as mentors. So we got them in a room one day and we locked ourselves in for 12 hours and we really kind of brainstormed and distilled what our business values are and therefore what we look for in a team member. So now our hiring model is more about does this person have these, you know, values? And Could you explain what you mean by Ben? What do you mean by values? I mean, are we talking about morals? Or what are we talking about here? I mean, people listening to this, they don't know what you quite mean by the value means anything, any number of things I should say. Like you're talking about uh, punctuality, respect, cleanliness. I mean, what, what are we talking about? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so that there are they a good teammate? Are they uh, inspirational in terms of they exercise and eat well themselves? Are they well presented? Are they an energetic lighthouse? Do they uh, pursue growth and learning? That sort of thing. Right. Do you, do you, do you actually set it out for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's manualized. It, it, it not only is it manualized, we have our performance review based on our values. So it's clear they know that they know clearly what the what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, so we've got nine main values and and there's actually we can say here's what well looks at this, here's what average looks like, here's, here's the bare minimum standard of what we expect for each of those. And so we hire people based on that. I care less about their experience because I can teach anyone how to you know, do a bench press and tell people to eat broccoli, but I can't teach someone how to be a good person, mm. you know, and if they're a good person, they're going to be great to our clients and they're going to be a good teammate for our other staff as well. And now in any one week, we could have 25 different people work at Flow and they all get on because they, at their core, they have the similar beliefs and values. So what do you two, you're, you're the two business partners yep. together? So. How do you complement each other? What are you strong at? And what are you weak at? And what are you strong at? And what are you weak at, Kate? You go first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about you. This is an important. This is an important <clears> exercise. <throat> Everybody should actually write on the board what they're strong and weak at, and they should have their whole team either agree or disagree. Mm. Your chance to come up and agree or disagree, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> actually, we talked about this recently, did we? Um, I think that my strengths are um, communication, and I think when we first opened the business, I I burnt myself down a little. I was, we were both working crazy hours as you do when you first open a business. And, um, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't nourishing all that sort of thing. I think I learned from that. So now I feel like I'm a good leader for the team in that 
I'm very real about um, energy and time and um, just looking after yourself. What are my other strengths, Benny? It's funny when someone asks you this about yourself, I can mm. tell you exactly what Benny's Correct. strengths Correct, that's what I'm asking you individually, because yeah, I think yeah. it's important that we know these things about mm. ourselves. Uh, very involved with the marketing and, and the branding of the business, and I feel like that's one of my strong points, and it comes from my background as well. Before I was a yoga teacher, I worked in uh, advertising in a creative agency. So right. I've been able to bring a lot of those skills across uh, which helps in the way that I'm um, developing the social media aspect of the business. My gut feeling right now is uh, you bring to the table, or to the business, honesty. I just get that honesty feeling from you. Um, I get uh, uh, like a cleanness, like a freshness. And I obviously I, you, what every business needs, it needs a female to balance up the male position. And... Uh, you two actually sort of like blend quite well to me. Mm. Um, what are your weaknesses? Um, ooh, weaknesses, uh, I find it hard. I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but I find it hard to set boundaries, um, especially when it comes to the team. I like to be everyone's best friend. And um, leadership. You mean the relationship between a, a team yeah. member? Yeah, in other words, am I your friend or am I, your, am I the proprietor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, That's I, a hard thing to do. I think that leadership definitely for me doesn't come naturally and managing a team does not come naturally. I just want to be everyone's friend and I don't like to be the disciplinary. Mm. Um, so that's definitely. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get better at being what you are. <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, speaking up, speaking up more. Yep. Um, I think that the times when we've hit some rough points in our relationship um, have been when I haven't voiced, when I haven't said what I really thought, when I've just gone along with things. And then it sort of builds. Yeah. Ben, strengths? Uh, I'm a kind of big picture thinker, so I'll come to Kate and go, right, Kate, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a thousand-person yoga studio at the Horton Pavilion. And, and I'm fortunate enough that she will go, okay. So, yeah, I just like doing cool, big things. So I think that kind of inspires the team with the big vision. Uh, I think I lead by example as well. Like I will, you know, have a, a meeting where I take talk to 20 of the team about leadership. But then if the toilets need cleaning, will I get on my knees and I'll scrub the floor as well. You know, so just do whatever needs to be done to make sure that we can have the greatest chance of success possible. Uh, weaknesses, so yeah, I like living up here, so the the details bore me. Um, so <laughs> I think that can be a challenge sometimes where I just I just tell the guys, just get it done, I don't give a shit, just get it done, you know. So I can be sometimes focused too much on the big picture and not focus on the, the down on the ground details so obviously between the two of you from what you just said to me there's some strengths that may be in a business sense that the business lacks because you don't cover them off you don't cover them. what do you do there do you get do you bring experts in or how, how do you deal with that yeah so we we've hired a, an operations manager whose job is the details the mop-up mm. yeah mm. And excellent he, and, and he, he loves the details he loves it that's so, what you want yeah so good. So he, he and, and since we've had him, we've had him on 12 months now and it's really complimented both Kate and I because Kate can be the, you know, incredible yogi leader she is. It gives 
uh, me a chance to be more entrepreneurial so I don't have to do the stuff which I can do, but it takes too much headspace of mine. And then he just comes back to us with the numbers, the processes, and just gets them done. What's interesting here is we've got the yoga, practi- the yoga practitioner or the practitioner in the business. We've got the, the, the visionary person within the business. And then we've got the person, your ops guy, who does, does the cleanup. That is my summary of the business. That's probably the reason why you're doing so well. You've got the three major elements of a successful business covered. You know, obviously it took you a few years to get the ops guy. Mm. And uh, I guess you probably were struggling and scratching and clawing for a while there. But that's pretty normal in any startup, any new business. You've done brilliantly well. I have to tell you, um, I know people who go to Flow Athletic and talk about Flow Athletic. Um, and they're women and they, they say, you know, it's a place I'd like to go. Sort of they're aspiring to go to your organization. I don't know if you intend to have franchises down the track, um, but clearly you're doing a great job and um, congratulations. It's a hard industry. It's a competitive industry. You're brought to it um, something new and something unique. I want to ask you, well, I want to give you an opportunity to ask me what question you want to ask me and what is the question you would like you come in here to know about. I mean, if you've got something you want to ask me, here's your chance. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you've had incredible success over the years. I mean, and it's be quite easy for you to stick your flag in the ground and say, right, I'm done. But what keeps the fire in the belly for you every day? Because you, you don't have to, you could just say, peace, I'm out to Barbados for the next 10 years. But you don't, you still get up early and you, and you grind and you obviously, you look fit and you look strong and you, you know, you're still working on that success. So what, what drives, that's, I'm really, I don't, I don't do it for money. Yeah. I, I don't do what I do for that sake, including the show. I don't make any money out of the show. The show's because I love doing this and love talking to small business owners like yourselves, but I'm a cause style guy. Um, so, I mean, if this show ends up making money, it's not because I set out to make money. It's because I set out to make a good show. Um, that's my objective and that's my objective in everything. So, when people say to me, why are you doing all these different things, why are you run Yellow Brick Road, et cetera, um, I'm not one of those people who um, does business because I want to be successful or because I want to make money. I do it because I love doing it. I enjoy it. And it, that that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me going. By the way, don't um, be um, – I don't want to disillusion you, but like uh, not every day of the week do I feel great. <laughs> yeah. It's usually four or five days of the week I don't. Like this morning, I didn't. I had a seven a.m. meeting before I came in here to see you guys. Um, and I wasn't. I had to leave home at quarter past six. I wasn't looking forward to that. And and what that tends to do is not make me sleep. So I stay awake most of the most of the morning from about two o'clock in the morning. So that's normal for me. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm just saying it's probably the same as everybody. You guys have those moments when Jimmy Cricket's on, but on the top of you and he's scratching his arms and you you're getting all itchy and weird and thinking, well, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen today? How am I going to fix this problem? Or, how am I going to solve this issue? Um, I do it too. At 61 years of age, I still have these issues. And I wouldn't have any other way, though. It keeps me alive. I know I'm alive. Yep. And uh, I love it. And I particularly enjoy trying to change the way people are doing things if they want help. And I try to help people do in business. And uh, But equally, I like to hear how people are doing great jobs you know, and taking on new adventures. And it's cool. Yeah. That's my, that's, I'm a mountain climber by, in terms of business. Yeah. Some people like to actually physically climb a mountain that gets them turned on. I, I like this and I like to hear how you're climbing the mountain if I can see if I can leg you up somehow. Any of the leaders that you've come in contact with and you yourself, 
what are the qualities that they have? Like, what's the quality that you think? Yeah, well, I have a view on this, a strong view. Um, leadership is not about leading, it's about people want to follow you. Um, so it's, I'd rather call it followership. Um, and that's the, the trait or the characteristic you need to try and encourage, followership. And followership means that with your co-workers and the people within your organisation, you resonate with them as opposed to trying to get them to resonate with you. If you can't get them to resonate with you and you don't resonate with them either, that means you've got the wrong people, the wrong mix. You're in the fortunate position, you can change the mix, but you need to find people who you resonate with and resonate with you on every level, philosophically, work ethic, everything. Um, and, and obviously segment and industry. Um, so it's about everybody following you and you putting it out there, something that makes them want to follow you. Um, it's not about saying, I'm in charge, you do what I say. This is what I'm, I'm not laying down the platform. We'll all lay down the platform together. The trick there, in my view, is, and my experience with other people, is finding those people who are like-minded and also who are complementary, which you two have obviously done between yourselves and with your ops guy. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Amazing. Thank you for having us on. You're welcome. Good luck. See you, guys. Our second guest is Troy Henson, who runs SES Taekwondo in Narrawarren in Melbourne. Troy's been involved in martial arts since he was 17 years of age and running the Taekwondo school part-time since 2009 and currently runs it a few nights a week and uh, actually holds down a full-time job as well. So, Mm. uh, mate, just tell me one thing, like I, I, I'm reading the brief here, but like working full time and actually running a, a taekwondo night, a few, a taekwondo school a few nights a week. How do you fit all that stuff in? How do you do that? Yeah, it's certainly a, a juggling act, and it always has been. Uh, particularly when my kids were born as well, you know that sort of. So your kids as well? Yeah, I do. I've got a um, an eight year old daughter and a, and a thirteen year old son as well. Um, so it's a it's a real juggling act. It, it always has been. But I suppose the the thing that uh, assists me in that area is the passion for the taekwondo as well as my passion for what I do through the day is, is, is always there. So it's, it's never an issue for me to sort of manage both. Um, yeah, so that, that's an important thing, Troy. Mm. I mean, I, I just want to talk to you about that because a lot of times when, when I was pitching to Gary Packer, he asked me three questions. And the second question he asked me in his due diligence process was, um, well, it was more a statement to me. He said to me, son, passion's important. Mm in business. He said it's a, a necessary condition, but it's not sufficient to run the business properly. That's correct, yeah. And but passion is necessary. You must be passionate about the thing you're doing. So tell me what are the derivations of your passion for Taekwondo and Taekwondo and teaching Taekwondo more importantly. Yeah. Yeah, so really, for me, um, growing up as a kid, I, I sat around the house and I watched a whole lot of Bruce Lee movies. It was something I just did all the time. and um, So did I. I loved them. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and martial arts was something I always wanted to get into. Um, I changed schools a lot as a kid. I went to nine different primary schools over six years. So I encountered a, a lot of bullying along the way and saw a lot of other kids being bullied at the same time. So all of that kind of sat with me as well. And, um, uh, wanted to get involved in martial arts. The family could never really afford to get me in there. Um, but it was something that I always still wanted to pursue as I, as I got older. Um, unfortunately in my teenage years, I was, um, I was assaulted by a few guys at the age of 17. And uh, then whilst I was sitting at home nursing some wounds, I saw a, an ad in the local paper for some free lessons at a local Taekwondo club. Um, so I went down and had a look and I was working part-time myself then at that age and, um, and thought I'd give it a go and started Taekwondo back then. Um, being involved in a martial art even then was, um, was a dream come true. It was, uh, I'd been, finally been able to start something I'd had a passion for for many, many years. Um, 
and along the way working with people my own age, but then seeing kids also um, start Taekwondo and martial arts and, and flourish in ways that you've never seen before and become confident in ways you've never seen kids get confident before. Um, certainly inspired me to want to continue on down that path and uh, and do more in the industry as far as um, bullying prevention type stuff and, and helping kids grow and, and get out of their comfort zone, become confident, raise their self-esteem, all of that fun stuff. Um, so later on in life, uh, you know, as I became a, a young adult, I suppose, it, um, I, I became a black belt and got into teaching then as well, um, particularly with the kids. And again, it was watching the kids grow. It was watching the kids become more confident in anything and everything they did. Um, which, which, uh, was a real passion for me again. Um, our club unfortunately folded when I was in my mid twenties. Um, and I went away from that club and I went to a couple of other clubs, uh, hoping to find the same sort of environment, that fun family orientated environment that, uh, people were comfortable in training, um, and, uh, and could work together as a team and one big happy family, but I just couldn't find it. There was, there was no other place in Narry Warren or the surrounding suburbs that I found that had the same philosophies as myself or my old club. Um, so I went home and, and had to think about it and decided that I'd start my own club and bring back those values, bring back that environment where people could train, they could learn new life skills, they could have fun and, uh, and become more confident within themselves at the same time. Um, so there's a fair bit of passion for all of that there for me. So it's, 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 but the passion sounds to me to be, I understand the derivation of it. In other words, uh, you, um, resolved, a difficulty you had in your earlier years um, in terms of you know bullying and or just being able to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. maybe put it in simple terms um, and you realized that that was good for you and then and also you quite enjoyed the environment within within which you learned so what you then try to do is to uh, bring that out for other people that's correct so the question for you though is for me is it a business passion because Kerry Packers had a second thing to me passion is one thing Mm -hmm. he said passions derive from having lots of knowledge and experience about a certain segment of the market like you do mm-hmm. and being energetic about expressing that that knowledge and experience. Yep. That, that's what passion really is. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how you break it down. Passion's a, a well-used term and you know it's mm. probably overused to some extent. Sure. Um, but the next element, the, the sufficient condition you need to have in order to make it work as a business is that you've got to go beyond beyond being passionate and have that ability to have that um, strength of character to turn it into a business as mm. such. Yeah. Now, sometimes the strength of character as a, a business strength of character, I'm not talking saying I'm not saying as a personal trait. I'm talking about that ability to say, look, the passion has to stop here mm-hmm. because I have to make this a business in order to continue to express the passion I want to help people with. Yeah. But there's a point at which I have to turn into a business, I have to make money mm. in order that I can reinvest it back into this thing that I do. That's right. Mm. Are you at that stage? I am, yes. Um, over the years, it's been it's been difficult and it's not a position I have been in in the past few years. Um, it sort of came about probably mid to late last year where I started to change um, how I thought about the club in that sense. Um, leaving some of that passion behind and then looking at it as a business model and business perspective to say, okay, um, I've had this passion for such a long time. What do I now want to do with this? Do I want to continue on down this path and just keep it the way it is and uh, and juggle it the way I Because there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. No, that's right. You know, yeah. I, I just want to pause you there for a moment. I'm yep. sorry to interrupt, but I, don't, I want to pause you there. There's nothing wrong because you are effectively running a community service. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. And you just got to be prepared that it'll only be a community service and you're going to have to keep your day job. That's correct. To fund it, okay? Yes. But if you want to turn the community service into a bigger, broader thing and you've got to give away your day job, you've got to earn some money, mm. um, you've, got to, you've got to, the strength of character I'm talking about is saying, okay, Troy, mate, you've gone far enough in what you're giving everyone for nothing. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to start to charge a bit. That's right. That's 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 what I mean by strength of character. I mean, yep. it's strength of resolve. It's maybe not character. It's probably mm. not about character. It's resolve. That's right. Okay, fuck it. I've done enough for everybody else here. I'll continue. This will be the hub of what I'm doing for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's my passion. Yep. But I'm going to stop it there as my boundary. Mm-hmm. And for, after that, I've got to do something to make some money in order to put some food on my table, pay for my kids. That's right. But also yeah. reinvest in the business so that's the right. business can grow. Yes. That's So are you at that point though? Because yes. I noticed in the notes mm. here, you charge very low fees. I, I do, relatively and, speaking. Yeah, and and that came about, um, I suppose, for a couple of reasons. You know, you talk about the whole community service side of things, and um, and the demographic for where we're running classes. You know, I wanted to try and fit in with that demographic. And the demo in Narrawarren is Victoria. It's sort of out of town. Yes. Yeah. Just explain the demographic for your customer base. Yeah, that's right. Can so you explain it? It is. It's a southeastern suburb, so it's about forty-five k's out of the city. Yeah. Um, heading down to the working class. Of yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So very working class. And so I was in the mindset of trying to provide a service to the local community that was uh, cost effective and affordable for, for families, for kids to attend and things like that. Um, the rent from where we work out of is also on the lower side, so it allowed me to do that. Um, however, if, you, if you're talking about wanting to take it from just what it is into a bigger business, all of that has to change. And wages are wages. And so wages if you live in Narrow Warren, Warren, you want the same, you've got to get paid the same wages if you're living in uh, Turak. That's exactly You know, right. like for the same job. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, so I, I did that for, for that particular reason. Um, have I made a rod for my own back to some degree? Uh, yes, I probably have. Um, but now's the time to, to make that change, that shift, is to, as you say, you know, cut off the passion to, at that certain point and now turning it into a business Things have to change in that area. Fees have to. Well, people pay more money. Increase. Do you think in Narrawarren, and if they think the the, the if they think that the um, program and or the product and service is good enough, I guess they might be prepared to pay a little bit more money. Yeah, they will. Um, if if what we're doing at the moment, they're they're quite happy with those fees and those charges. For us to increase our fees, I've got to start thinking about what else am I going to bring into the club and into the business that's going to excite people to the point where they're going to want to pay more money. Um, so that's where I'm thinking at the moment about bringing different things into the club, going off and learning um, new um, styles of martial arts, I suppose, to bring some of those exciting things back into the club. Could you I stop you there? Yep. So Taekwondo is a Korean um, martial art. It is, yes. Um, made famous maybe before, made famous, as I recall, by, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, uh, Billy Jack. There's a movie series called Billy Jack, mm-hmm. and uh, he was uh, he went to the Korean War. He was American. He came back with the with the uh, two two forms of martial arts, Taekwondo mm-hmm. and Hapkido, as I recall. That's great. And uh, and this was in the seventies. Mm. Reason I know is because I was used to watch that show. I used to love it. And um, uh, then there's a lot of kicking involved. A lot, there is. A lot of feet. Yes. As, as opposed to your uh, Japanese style, which is more more hand based or karate. That's correct. Yes. Um, and then there's a kung fu style. So, mm-hmm. are you looking at making this like a mixed martial art place, or um, or bring in other forms of martial art, MMA, UFC? What are you thinking about? Yeah. So one of the main areas we're looking at at the moment is the whole self defense side of the martial art. It's um the it, again the Korean self defense is is very set in its ways. Um, it's very it's pure, very, very pure and very structured. Um. And uh, I certainly enjoy looking at other styles of martial arts and how they do self-defense to try and bring some of that and incorporate it into what we do uh, as far as the Korean side of things is concerned. 
Um, so we're developing, we're constantly, constantly developing the self-defense program to be more free-flowing, um, to be more fundamental to people in the sense that it's not all about aggression. It's about how you can remove yourself from tricky situations before you have to engage in physical contact. And what about like health that. and fitness too? Health and fitness is uh, something that's very, very important to us. We certainly promote ourselves as, as SES is. It's called Southeast Sports Taekwondo. So we're advertising ourselves as a sports Taekwondo club. So we certainly do engage in a lot of cardiovascular work. We talk about health and fitness all the time. And to be good at martial arts, we need to be strong, healthy and fit within ourselves at the same time. Um, so that's being brought into the club at the same time in those areas. Um, can I, can I um, just ask you to pause again? I mean, one of my observations about martial arts generally, I mean, let's look at boxing, for example. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why UFC or MMA has become so popular mm-hmm. And, th- and you've got to look at these models, is because they've gone away from a specific type of martial art, which is where boxing's a, a pure game. Uh, you know, you, mm. wear, you know, wear gloves and the amateurs wear headgear, or sometimes they wear headgear. Mm. Um, you know, so many rounds. You know, they've never really changed much, but no. I think it's sort of become a bit boring because we've seen a lot of it. And I just wonder whether karate, taekwondo, kung fu, um, boxing, judo, jiu-jitsu on their own um, are so labelled and so pure that um, the, the the time has come to mix them all up. And we just had Flow Athletic in here where um, Kate is a practitioner of traditional um, yoga styles mm-hmm. um, and uh, Ben is a like a, a, a trainer, a personal trainer. They've um, blended their skills and actually have now have a blended business mm-hmm. of all types of fitness, Pilates, yoga, you know, yep. resistance, spin, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of the concept I'm just talking about here, mm-hmm. blending everything into one that's, thing. That's exactly right. And, yeah. and, and that's quite a good example. They've, they've been doing brilliantly here in Sydney, but you know, it's in a different place than Narrawarna. It's in Paddington, which is a really mm. upmarket area. Yep. But nonetheless, um, that strength of character question I was talking about, that's resolve. Mm. Does that take you into sort of making that big decision? I'm not just going to be purist taekwondo anymore. I'm going to start to do some sort of blended martial arts or blended fitness and personal mm-hmm. protection or whatever, some new concept. I mean, do you, are you thinking yeah. about that? Yeah. So there's a, another side of it going on for us at the moment is a little program we're about to launch. It's called Little MA, which is Little Martial Arts. Now this is catered for kids between the ages of two and six only. Okay. No higher. And uh, it's, it's, there's a market out there for this. Um, and now this is a, it's what we're calling a, it's a martial arts based skills program, which is really, really interactive where the kids are actually having fun and without even realising it, doing the exercise at the same time. Um, alongside of that, we're also talking about, as you were saying before, a blended environment where we're looking at getting um, either myself or someone trained up to be a personal trainer, trying to incorporate different classes into the club, um, talking about um, connecting again with those yoga and those Pilates people to really turn um, SES Taekwondo in Nari Warren into um, a centre of well-being for, for many different things. Certainly, I like that. I like yeah. that because I just my gut feeling is you don't want to pocket yourself too much. No. Um, and uh, it's a bit like um, like you're a Taekwondo um, exponent. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, But if if so, you walked into a, a ring and uh, you're fighting a boxer who was a mm. boxing professional, it'd be a, a no mix. I mean, because... No, dynamics are completely It's just weird. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen. Yeah. And uh, that's why MMA is so successful because they actually blend everything in. Um, and so if you build yourself in business, if you build yourself into a pocket, mm-hmm. um, 
and then you're competing with someone down the road who's doing something totally different, you're going to find that um, you're going to lose a lot of customer base. I think you need to. That's exactly today, right. I think everything, every business, it's all blending. We have to offer everything. I mean, I'm in financial mm. services. Shit, I have to offer everything. I mean, I just don't offer mortgages anymore. Mm. Wizard days, I could offer just wizard uh, mortgages. But Yellow Brick Road, yeah. we have to offer everything. We, we have to be all things to all people because everyone expects everything. Mm. And they want it immediately. And they want it for the best price. That's exactly right. Yeah, we come across that all the time. And, and that's mm. just the way things are today, yep. I think. And uh, given you're a, you've, you've been a specialist, I'm really glad to hear that you're, you're thinking this through this process because yep. this is the very thing investors want to know. Mm-hmm. Are you good and understand and energetic about what you do know, but do you have that ability to resolve to pivot your business into something that's more... Um, appropriate for the demand, what the people want. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yep. you are doing that. Yes. Yes, most definitely. Well, what are you going to do about um, the people, some of the people who work for you, you're not paying them <laughs> because they're doing it for <laughs> voluntary prices? They are, you know. And, and um, that's so awesome that you get mm, people on side. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Taekwondo community is it's, uh, it is very loyal, you know, and, uh, and uh, my instructors, there's a few of them there that I've trained with these guys for the best part of 20 years. Um, so we've grown up together, we've become black belts together and there's that camaraderie there and there's that support that's just worth its weight in gold. It really is. Um, so we're a small club and these guys came on board um, as volunteer instructors. Um, we do give them a bit of a, an incentive now and again when we um, do certain events through the club that um, manage to generate a little bit of um, funds here and there. Um, but essentially speaking, you know, 99% of the time it's all, it's all their time. Um, at, 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 at their choice to come along and, and help us out like that. So, I wonder if you could um, run some sort of um, – are you an accredited uh, trainer or something? Do you have such a thing in your industry? Yeah, well, there is. So we, we all have to be insured. Um, I, I'm a I'm a fourth-dan black belt instructor, so I have to be at least a fourth-dan to run my own club. I can't be anything less than that. Um, so is that like a rule? An accred- it is a rule, yes. Right, an accreditation yes. rule by the Taekwondo Institute or something? Yeah, so it's it's basically handed down from what they call the Cookie One, which is the Taekwondo headquarters in Korea. Right. So these are all the rules that come from um, the Koreans in right. that sense. Um, Would you then be able to run an accreditation program for these people who are working for nothing? In other words, say if you do 100 hours with me for free, which I've seen this happen in yoga schools, 100 hours for me free or 200 hours I think it is, um, uh, you then get the ability to run your own school? Um, no, in not, other words, you're giving them value. I mean, so that absolutely. I mean, the the general rule of thumb is is um is they they can go off and run their own classes in their own school um, whilst they're a black belt. Um, the only provision is that they have to be overseen by someone that's a minimum fourth dan. Okay, so if one of my instructors was a second or a third, um, they would have the ability to go and run their own classes as long as I was overseeing their operations. And then once they became a fourth dan, then they're free to do. Um, their own school. Following. Can you make money out of that? Can you actually charge them for this accreditation process? In other words, that they uh, uh, they've come to Troy's School of Accreditation and they can, and you know like they can yeah. walk off and run their own business um, and actually show them how to run a business and say, look, you know, these are the elements you need to have. You become the trainer of the trainers. Yeah, look, I think there's certainly a market for that. Um, absolutely. Is that something you'd be interested in or are you um, more interested in teaching? You want to get direct to the students? No, 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 not at all. Um, it's one of my other passions too is, is teaching my instructors how to be the best instructor they can possibly be. And that, um, and that comes with a lot of weight as well. There's a lot of things that instructors need to know and understand, not only about themselves, but about the kids that they're teaching, mm. about how to engage with the kids and how to understand <clears throat> kids as well. But then moving into the adults, it's the same thing. Um, just because they're adults doesn't mean that they don't have those, those same feelings and, and things you need to tap into. Um, do you Instagram so, your business? Um, I've only just started to be yourself honest. doing big high kicks and you know doing all that. So you got to do flash stuff. I mean that's what Instagram's about, by the way. Yeah, it's absolutely. like color movements about yeah. flash. You got to do that. 
Yeah, I've only just started on the Instagram thing just recently, so it's only new to me, uh, that side of things. And um, and that goes hand in hand with other social media marketing as well. It's not something that I've done a whole lot of in the past, um, but in the last six months, I've certainly been getting right into that and involved in that um, at a higher level. To I wouldn't be too, 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 uh, too sort of hell-bent on the, the total social media, maybe Facebook, but Instagram, I think in your case, particularly if you can get the, the students and your teachers in there in the yep. photographs. yep. Um, that you put up on Instagram, and that, uh, that that way they will go to the thing to have a look at it themselves, and they'll share it with other people, and they'll yeah. move it around. But they'll like it, of course, and because mm. uh, they like everyone likes to like themselves, um, and uh, you know try to build your following. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you do any weird fancy stuff, you know, um, but you know some. You know, I, I sometimes look at some of these um, various Instagram accounts mm. um, that where special UFC and MMA, and uh, also, but I also look at some of these ones where they're doing some form of other form of. Uh, martial art, you yep. know, and they've got the legs high up there. Just basically, uh, one leg is an extension of the other leg, and uh, mm-hmm. you do think how the hell they do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so yeah. it's, it's nearly like doing the splits in the sky. Mm. Yes. Uh, but those sorts of things are great on Instagram. Okay. And also aspirational to your students and get your young students doing it. Mm. it ultimately, it's better to get them in the Instagram photograph with you. Yeah, well, that's right. And um, just just recently, we've had a handed a, a, a permission slip out, I suppose, to the parents to ask for permission to photograph and video kids for that particular purpose. Yeah, so of course you got. Uh, that, that, I didn't think that's true. You've already got to get, especially the kids, you've got to get their parents' approval for it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and everyone's great in the class. Boys and girls, you yes, because you got to get as, 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 mm. like little girls doing this sort of stuff. That's you know, yep. it's a it's inspirational to other little girls. They sort of say, oh wow, I, she can do it, I can do it. Because yeah, you don't want them thinking, I can't. Yeah. It's not about fighting. No, it's not about fight. It's sort of about skill. Yeah, exactly. It's more a skill whether it Mm. gets used or something or other. It's another matter. Uh, Troy, I I, I want to apologise to you by the way for not getting down there to do our pilot. Um, no, that's down okay. in Melbourne yep. a little while ago. Um, yep. we, we really wanted to do that, and I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to come into your dojo. Just do, they call them dojos? Uh, it's a dojang, dojang. In, in Korean, yes. Right. Yep. I wanted to get down and have a look at it, but yep. um, unfortunately we couldn't get there, which is one of the reasons we brought you up here, and I appreciate that. Um, I want to say to you, make sure you... Uh, execute on your resolve to turn this into a business sure. model, yep. but don't lose your passion. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you one opportunity, an opportunity right now um, to ask me any question you like. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to know? Yeah. So uh, for me, um, a question to you is uh, what would you do or what would you have done in the first 12 months of a small business um, to get it to grow and continue on from there? Um, I try, I always take the view that um, if the model if I if I if I'm um, have the view that the model is a complete model, in other words, the product's right, or the service is right, um, that uh, there's demand for it, and that I have the skill base to actually execute on it. If I'm the proprietor, in the first twelve months, I'm towards the end of the first twelve months, or as soon as I can, I'm looking as to how to replicate myself. Mm-hmm. So in my business. My business is a, a, fr- a franchise business. So what we try to do is we try to get like-minded people like me who, who are like me or like-minded to me to actually open up a branch in Narrawarren, Yellow Brick Road branch, mm-hmm. and to become the Mark Boris of Narrawarren. Mm-hmm. Sort of replicate myself. So Because yep. that's how you get growth in my industry. Mm-hmm. And I think yours is sort of similar because there used to be re-taekwondo many, many years ago, that's RHEE. Right. Yeah. And Ree, Mr. Ree, was a Korean guy, but uh, he actually replicated himself all around Sydney. I don't know if he did the rest of Australia, but it's certainly all around Sydney through mm-hmm. franchising. Yep. Franchising is a weird word, but what I, really what it is is replicating, and that's the word I'd rather yeah. use, replicating the person who came up with the original idea and the proprietor 
for mm-hmm. Pride's idea and have, have actually everybody run to that model. Mm. So that's what I would be trying to do to get growth is replicating my idea with other people who actually do it for you because there's only one of you mm. and there's only 40, 50 hours in a week, whatever, and mm. you can only, in a time, uh, on a time management basis, you can only do so many classes and see so many people and do so many things. Whereas if you've got two of you, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about cloning yourself, but just someone who's like-minded, someone who you train, someone who you That's credit. Right. Yeah. So these guys who are working for you now for free, mm-hmm. perhaps you say, listen, we're going to set up SES in Pakenham. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, 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 so Joe, come from Pakenham? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the program, mate. I'm going to give you the franchise for nothing. You don't have to pay for it. Yep. Because you've done all this time with me for nothing. Mm-hmm. And But what we do now is um, uh, you run the program that we developed and you roll it out in Pakenham. And uh, and I will come over to Pakenham once a month, sit down with you on the business, and maybe you know come to all the exams, the the the, you know, the belt the belt exams, and I'll yep. monitor the belt exams, mm-hmm. and just build up a business that way. That's what I would be trying to do in the first twelve months in order to get more growth. Yes, replication. Yep. And that's a word I like. I hate word franchise, but replication mm. is the word I like. Great. I really appreciate you coming in. No, I appreciate your time. It's been terrific. Thank you. Thanks very much, Troy. Good luck to you, mate. No worries. Thanks very much. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au.